Ahoy! And welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time, except for this month, because we're watching summer movies. It's a dealer's choice. (laughs) (laughs) And my name is Sarah. My name is Joel. Calabunga, my name's Aaron. So, yeah, summertime, man. That's when you... I mean, in California, it gets really hot. The living is easy. Yeah. So, like... Summertime. Some people, yeah, they got pools in their backyard, or you're lucky you could drive out to the beach for the day. But I think a lot of summertime is spent inside with the air conditioner on. You toss in, you know, put in that VHS tape, because your mom is busy. She doesn't have enough time to drive you down to wherever you have to go to go swimming or something like Swim that. She, she didn't want to go outside. Fillmore heat, like 105 degrees. Mm-hmm. Ugh, forget mm-hmm. it. Unless you're like Aaron, you know, and then you got satellite and you can watch whatever you want. Yep. Uh, this week we're talking about The Secret Garden from 1993, Sarah's pick, directed by Agnieszka Holland. I looked up her Wikipedia. Yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. She's cool. Yeah, yeah pretty cool. prolific director. Written by Caroline Thompson and based on Francis Hodgson, Hodgson Burnett's book, The Secret Garden. Starring Kate Maberly, Maggie Smith, Hayden Prowse, Andrew Knott, and John Lynch. So, you're. How old are you? In 1993? Yes. 1993, I was 12. Okay. And I would watch this movie a lot with my sisters. This one and Little Women and uh, a few others. But this one specifically, I already loved because I got the book when I was about six from my grandmother and it opened a whole world of ideas to me that um, left a very long-lasting impression. And so this movie, I think this movie's great, and I think it does pretty much hold up. Joel was asking me earlier today, like, what are some differences between the book and the movie? And and I mean, you hear her narrating it in the movie, but but Mary's character... The story is told from her perspective, so the whole thing is sort of her narration in the book, and she starts off, you know, from these pretty tragic beginnings in a foreign country, and it's kind of like you see things from her perspective, from this limited view that, like, she doesn't know very much outside of her normal routine, And then she's taken to this place that's pretty harsh, and she has very limited options available to her. But 
little by little, she starts finding secret things. She finds a secret doorway. She finds a secret room. She finds a secret key. She finds secret areas of the property that she lives on. And it's it's sort of um, a mystery that's unraveling for her. And I just loved it so much as a kid because I didn't know (laughs) when I was a kid, but I was a total introvert and I had a wild imagination. And I just really loved the idea of being able to have a secret place of your own that you could go to and that would be special, especially in nature, because I love nature and animals too. But anyway, I picked it because this was a real summertime movie for me and my sisters, and I thought after Three Ninjas, maybe I should choose something a little out of the ordinary for me. Cool, cool. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate this movie, and uh, it's it's one that um, I don't think I've watched as regularly, but I remember my sister really uh, digging this movie. And in fact, uh, I had almost completely forgotten about it and so, but until memories just started popping up while I was watching it. So oh, I'm cool. very appreciative. Thank you. Yeah, you're Thank welcome. You. I'm Didn't glad. Did you say there was some other movie you mixed it up with? Yes. Well, I, I, there were a few moments where I was like, oh, okay. Then, like, it's they're going to show, like, future scenes where we're all grown up. They're going to have to, like, fight over, fight over romantic interest mm, things. People are dead. At some point. That was Little Women. You yeah, think? You I think? think so. I've not seen Little Women. Oh my gosh! I was torn between picking that one or this one, but mm. Little Women is a little bit of a downer. Mm. I mean, this one has serious parts too, but yep. but I feel like this one becomes really optimistic and oh, really. Heck yeah. And in Little Women, you're just kind of like, "What the heck?" Yeah, like yeah. It, it's a real <laughs> "What the heck" kind of a. I was like twist myself for like the downer. Like, I, was like, I was like, I know this is going to be heading to like sadness. Well, like, well, I, like, I was like, the kid's going to get sick again. Yeah. It's not going to be good. And I'm really glad. Anyways, sorry, I'm probably jumping ahead. He, here. They no. were right. Those spores, the spores were out to get him. Yep. So spoilers for Little Women, but the spores kill all the little women. No, let's leave that aside for now. We just know it's a sad tale. Yeah. Yeah, there are some moments at the toward the end of Little Women where you're going, I thought that this was going to happen, not that. Yeah. And yeah. anyway. So um, she liked to write. This, this uh, story is really about a girl who's in pretty harsh circumstances and and she fixes it for herself without the help of adults which is kind of i think cool too that she's she's definitely rebelling against things and she's breaking rules but i mean she has a very she's got a big helper in this and her name is martha in fact this movie should have been thanks to martha that's what the movie should have been called instead of the secret garden (laughs) Because if it wasn't for how positive and and happy and joyful Martha was, that little girl would still be sitting in that room in her underwear. Probably. Dressing gown or whatever. Yeah, in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. In this movie, Martha helps her come out of her. um, Her shell. (laughs) Get out of her dirty clothes. Yes. It's kind of like a figurative and a very literal thing that happens. Yep. That I, was, I was thinking, too, that it's like, 
this thing that I really like in a lot of movies that I love, like in A Room with a View and <laughs> and Lady Chatterley's Lover. I was thinking, like, this is a kid's <laughs> story that's like Lady Chatterley's Lover because she is coming from a place where everyone tells her this is how you have to be. And this is, there aren't any choices. Your life is laid out for you very specifically. And you only talk to people in the same class as you. And then in this, it's like she finds people that are in other classes from her, which would really be, I mean, before this time period, there's still a class distinction in the UK. But I think that around this time frame there were people starting to realize that they could connect with people that were in classes under them and you know and really start to you know get married to whomever they wanted to and this is just all part of the myth of the uh, lower ca- lower class person who is actually an animal tamer. Because if you remember in Home Alone 2, there was the pigeon lady. Also, <laughs> you know, Kevin at first Game was like, keeper. oh, there's a, there's a scary old lady. And then it's like, oh, wait, she knows all about the pigeons. And there's the pigeon lady from uh, Mary Poppins. That's well. right. Yeah, feed the birds. Yeah. She didn't now, look that, like she was a very high class lady. That lady just wanted some tuppence to get, you know, some yeah. gin or whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's not, you know. She wasn't taming them, them little poofs. She was though. Oh, okay. You didn't read the other book, did you? No. Yeah. I hate to distract. I, I I apologize for that, but you know there were just so many animals in this movie. Like uh, it's called the Secret yeah. Garden. Once again, better name for a movie. Animals are really cool. <laughs> I, I like yeah. that fact too, though. Yeah, I had forgotten how honestly I had forgotten how many animals are in this movie. And I love that, too. I'm sure that was part of the reason I loved it as a kid, because yeah. I just loved seeing all the animals around. Mm-hmm. and The ratio of baby animals per scene is pretty high in yeah. this movie. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. That kid's got a pet fox, and there's a goat, a bird. and there's lambs, and there's that horse, of course. Of course, of course. That bossy goose. That goose. I mean, that goose became the star of the movie. Like They're like... <laughs> Mary's like, let me show you the secret garden. The goose is like, let me show you. <laughs> I'm charging in here first. Goose time. I have a, I have a theory, though. Yes? A theory. Um, the um, One of the caretakers of the grounds has a wonderful hat with uh, exquisitely carved uh, animals. <laughs> Three of them, at least. I'm sorry. Uh, did you say... Uh, Exquisite. Yeah. Exquisite. Okay, thank you. Uh, my, my, theory, my theory is because you don't ever see him with some of these animals, mm-hmm. that he accesses the power of the uh, the, the wooden wooden totems. So one of them kind of looked like a duck, but it could have been the goose. Because you don't ever actually see him and the goose in the same scene. So he is could have transformed into it. Oh, I oh. I was yeah. thinking he like twisted it yeah. and then a ma- and then a goose appeared That's like a better. magical spell That's or something. <laughs> I think he's just the, the wizard guy from from Kroll. Oh, uh-huh. wait, he takes the hat off, turns the he the turns goose, the little... and then it comes out of the hat. Oh, oh yeah, that's great! Like a rabbit out of a hat. Yeah. 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 I mean, wow. That, so that's why he populates everything with like baby animals because they just keep popping out of his fucking sweet sick. 
awesome hat. That hat was a one in a million. I'm I don't know if I've ever seen a hat yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, the only dogs he had the dog on the very front. And the only dogs in the movie were the master of the house dogs, uh-huh. aka Quasimodo Dracula. The mastiffs. Yeah. Also, the master of the house is not not a mastiff. They're called mastiffs. That'd be cool. Is that what they're called because they look like roided out pugs to me. Yeah. They're well, big like, dogs. Yeah. There's like three of them. <laughs> I've, I, is that the kind of dog that's in like Turner and Hooch? No, I think Turner and Hooch is like a, a bulldog, isn't he? Well, there's a, bull mastiffs. Oh. I think it might have been a bull mastiff. I think he was a, a chihuahua. Hmm. I, just, I just like saying chihuahua. Joel's next pick is uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yes. Okay. Well, that is a movie with uh, a lot of magic in it. <laughs> you think because his hairdo was like Gary Oldman's that it was like Dracula? Oh, he's got that little mustache too. Yeah, but yeah. He looked he, like the swordsman from uh, Princess Bride to me. Yeah, the guy didn't have a hump. <laughs> well, maybe he developed one later. Oh, after <laughs> after uh, the events of Princess it's Bride. It's a stretch. Oh, you know what? He had that hump, and then uh, Andre the Giant like punched it oh, in. And okay. That's why he had to join the the pirate crew or whatever they are, the Sicilian. This is uh, pretty intense secrets going on in the secret garden, guys. All right, I'm looking at. We're going to go back to a more important movie, a.k.a. Turner and Hooch. That's a, that's a bit of a stretch there. Oh. I don't I don't know what kind of pup that is. It looks like a bulldog-ish. I mean, it's, that's Tom Hanks. I don't know what the thing next to him is. No. I don't know. <laughs> it's unknown to me. If they redid Turner and Hooch now, mm-hmm. I think they would use the Chinese crested dog. Oh. If it's supposed to be... You know, like a world's ugly dog competition type thing or whatever. Oh, it is a Doge de Bordeaux, one of the most ancient French breeds. Oh. oh. Well, what does a Mastiff look like? Uh, it looks like those dogs from the movie. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was confused. I guess I hadn't seen that poster for Turner and Hooch in a long time. Well, uh, next week we're going to be... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Secret, did Secret you... Garden, huh? Did you develop an emo crush on, uh, you know, guys like that with long hair and, and stuff because of the father, the brooding father in this movie? No. Okay, I was just curious. Archibald Craven. Lord Craven. <laughs> um, Lord Raiden. Oh, Lord Craven. He's uh, in other movies I like, too, but um, no. Oh, gosh, you you guys are totally right. I was 12. A French Mastiff, a.k.a. a Doge de Bordeaux. Oh! Uh, I told you so. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just over. kidding. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> uh, we're signing out forever. No, I'm, I'm Please listen kidding. to the Sarah Told Us episode. <laughs> hey, that's okay, though. It's okay. I don't mind being told. I shouldn't compare this to other stuff, but... I love the movie A Room with a View so much. It's like one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, it's got Maggie Smith in it, too. It's so good. And Maggie Smith plays 
a different character that is also annoying. <laughs> See, if we had watched, if we had watched a room for the view, a uh, room with a view for the podcast, I, I'd have interesting stories to tell. I know, maybe but I should have fixed no, it. No, 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 no. I have interesting. I, I have stories to tell about this. At least, I, yeah. like I remember seeing this as a kid. I think I even saw it in the theater. That's it was crazy. Just like, dark you know like children's tale that they made into a movie like how many other british properties can you think of from around that time period where you, essentially we start off with somebody being orphaned it was like james and the giant peach uh what was the word we were talking about yesterday uh well, I was thinking of a little princess or, or a little rich author. girl or, yeah, any of those that where there's someone who is from the upper class and something really horrible happens and their life isn't that great. All right, they get um, in there. Oh, yeah, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. Oh, yeah, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Like, oh, your parents died. Okay, ship you off somewhere else. Like, that was just like... <laughs> that is so... <laughs> I feel so like there was a book... That that uh, British, you know, wannabe British writers could get, and it was like, here's an idea. Their parents died. <laughs> I think people died a lot back then. Yeah. <clears throat> well, J.K. Rowling was still following it up. Because that's what happens. <laughs> that's how Harry Potter, well, Potter goes. I think a lot of really good stories begin with something like that. But in this story, in her story, Mary Lennox... I did relate to her character when I was a kid, but I was not nearly as extroverted as she is in this story. If someone told me to sit in a room and be quiet, I probably would have sat in a room and been quiet. I may have snuck out every once in a while, but I don't think I would have done it to the degree that she did. Yeah, I always thought that I thought that it was really neat that she was able to, you know, rise above it. Oh, she starts off as a spoiled brat. Like, basically, that's how we're supposed to feel about it. But also, uh, the way this movie opens is really interesting in, a, like, a filmmaking way. Because we, we open with her being dressed by her two servants. And it's kind of just, like, as the credits are going, we watch, like, the full process of her being prepared for the day. And then the voiceover starts. And I think that that showed some like filmmaking prowess on the you know, cinematographer or the director's part. But she is talking about how she doesn't get to do anything she likes and she, she doesn't get to be with her parents or anything like that. But she does still have this sense of authority even after, you know, the tragedy happens and she gets shipped off. So she obviously had. The ability to order some people around, just not, I guess, the people that she wanted the attention from. You even get the impression that she was raised in a racist environment oh, yeah. because of how offended she gets when when Martha insinuates that she thought she might be a native since she was coming from India. Yeah. And she gets so upset about it that, yeah, you think, well, somebody must have told her that you're not like them or whatever. Right. And I think that it was instilled in her, obviously, at a really young age, because she's so small, that she was better than other people, and she, there were people who were servants to her. Sorry, I gotta ride my motorcycle. Yeah, are, are we seriously having like Dad, a- Dad, is that you? No, I'm Are just we having <laughs> like a motorcycle showdown? <laughs> Well, it's, it's 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 part of our summer block of uh, movies. Man. Oh, okay. I gotta ride the motorcycle around the block. Motorcycle to the beach, beach time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So, Aaron, obviously Yo. they based the character Colin on you Absolutely. as a child. Absolutely. I know that you I never left my room. That's yeah. right. Your parents yep. hooked up the satellite TV, never mm-hmm. told you the code for the good channels. Yep. That's right. Just made sure you got out of bed. Yep. That's right. That's right. Mm. Never left the bed. Uh, all the all the windows were boarded. You know, uh, yeah. It's kind of a Pride and Prejudice type thing, too. Which one is Mr. Doubtfire? Wait, uh, that's not the character from Pride I and Prejudice. I love Pride and Prejudice, too. I don't, Mr. Darby. I don't see Pride and Prejudice. No. Well, <laughs> I do think that she is prejudiced. Certainly. Going into her circumstances. Right. And she has had a really difficult time. Right. So I think that, in a way, she's not only the Mr. Darcy, she's oh, Mr. also Darcy. <laughs> the Elizabeth Bennet, because she oh, comes wow. in with all the prejudice, but all the pride as well. Oh, she starts off as the uh, the only child in the movie, right? And she doesn't know how to be a child, basically. No. Like, Martha tries to joke with her, she tries to tickle her, and she's just not having any of that, so she doesn't... She doesn't know how to experience life in that in that way. And as she is allowed, you know, no, not allowed, as she's forced to develop her own character because she's made to get out of the house. She's not allowed to be in this gigantic hundred-room mansion. She starts to develop her own character and, like, yeah, she meets another child, at least somebody close to her age, and they explore together and she... They do a really good job as well. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, absolutely. Uh, they do a really good job as well as making this house look foreboding. Yeah. And just so, like, in disarray, like, something happened, like, really bad. Something really bad happened. And, you know, obviously because she's just a child, nobody's telling her what's up. And, you know, and and so it leaves you, the viewer, you're just, like, sitting there like, what happened here? Yeah. What's going on? What's this poor girl going through? <laughs> in yeah, <laughs> totally. In books, you read like this place had a bad vibe, and you're thinking, how bad of a vibe can a place have? This is that kind yeah. of building, like yeah. these ancient old properties, you know, these big estates or whatever that exist from a long time ago. You can go in there and feel like a ghost is creeping on you or something. Uh, like, this, yeah, in this place in particular, because she hears crying and whining in the night, and everyone just is like, oh, must be the wind, must be the wind. Like, no, there's a person crying somewhere. And like, and like when she sneaks into the bedroom and finds the key, like, everything leading up to that room is just like, there's like trash on the ground. Yeah, she's yeah. like and crawling like, through vine-covered yeah. places Going inside places. of a house. Yeah, places yeah. in the house that obviously no one has Abandoned. been allowed to be yeah. in or, or what. Yeah, and like, this, I, you know, I didn't know anything about this when I was a kid. It, it could have been a ghost story, you yeah. know? That's another Easily. thing that I love about it. I love that. I mean, I think that in the writing of the story, you feel that there's ambiguity about what what these different clues and things she's finding out could mean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing I loved about it was that it was a mystery and she didn't know everything that had happened in this place and she didn't know everything that. I guess, I don't know. It feels kind of like she was going 
if you hear voices in the night and you're going into an abandoned room with vines growing in it and you're a little girl and you hear sounds, yeah. you you may think it's haunted, you know, or whatever. It's just really, it creates this really interesting she's, yeah, I mean, feeling. Yeah, she's not even that kind of character because she, like, even when she does think that something might be a ghost, she, she asks straight out, are you a ghost? And she's not afraid. Like, she's like, I don't really, I don't think she believes in, yeah. like, spirits or anything like that. So she's like, I'm just going to explore this house. And if there's, you know, something I can't take, I'll go somewhere else. But, which is really brave. I don't think I was that kind of child. Oh, yeah. No. If, if there was a spirit or some sort of, you know, something that, that seemed even a bit supernatural, I would have been out of there. Yep. I would have saw that kid in that bed. And like him be like, who's there? I would have been like, ah, get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You were asking me the differences between the story and the, the book and the movie. And I think that my memory of the character of Colin from reading the book mm. is the biggest difference between what it actually was in the movie I mean, you definitely, you knew that he was, you know, in bed and that he was unable to do things. An invalid. <laughs> but in this movie, I feel like they got a kid who was kind of going over the top. And <laughs> and that's okay. It worked for the movie, I think. I think, yeah, I think all of those kids did a really spectacular <laughs> job. Yes. And I think that. Like, that kid could have been a lot worse. Like, I don't think he was overacting. I, I do feel like it was direction, like, on the part of whoever was telling him how to Probably. do stuff. Like, no, you're throwing a full-on fit in this scene. Like, I don't, I know that you're, like, a 10-year-old child, but you've got to act like a, a baby. At the <laughs> throw just, like, a throw tantrum. Like Smack <laughs> this guy in the face who's picking you up. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Like, that, that I see. I see where both you guys are coming from, <laughs> but I agree with you. I, the tantrum he throws is pretty like it's blood curdling. Yeah, you're like, yeah. He's <laughs> you, just like you just can't help but think, what if you were having to deal with a kid that was doing that, and you're just like, you just think to yourself, like, oh my god, I would not be having that. <laughs> I've been in a situation where a child was freaking yeah. out like that, and it, yeah, there's not much you can do. <laughs> Just kind of try to calm them down, right? That's yeah. But for this, like her, uh, I, I, of course, the kid's freaking out. She ran out to her other friend that was outside right after exposing him to the dangerous spores and sunlight. You know, she should have stuck around in the room for God's sake. She was just too excited. She set him straight. She went back in there and was like, "You're being a brat." Was this actress actually British? I don't know. I've actually never looked into her before. Uh. But I I think she did a great job in the movie. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised at the the depth of the the characters that these children, like she was actually like 10 years old when they were filming this movie, that they were able to get out of these kids, you know, acting unemotional, uh, even even parts where a kid would naturally smile, you know, like when she's when she first sees that red robin and is following her around, like it's almost like she doesn't know how to smile. You know, you kind of yeah. see a little bit of line on her face. So we got we got two names for this movie. We've got the uh, the amazing Miss Martha, 
we've got the animals and their friendship, aka the most valuable thing. And the third movie uh, that this should be called is uh, I Medlock. wrote this down: The Legend of Dickon. Oh, because I believe that kid is the magical elf who saves everyone, <laughs> and at the, even at the end of the movie, he just gets on his horse and rides off. Rides off into the sunset. My work here is done. His sister Martha's like, where's he going? I don't know. <laughs> Put Ms. down that bear. I thought you were going to say, Mrs. Medlock is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I goes without saying. <laughs> she was great in this movie, too. I liked her, like, medieval, like, keychain. Yeah. Sounded like a bell. Yeah. That was gnarly. Yeah, Maggie Smith stretching those muscles. Maggie uh, Smith did a good job in this. Mm-hmm. She does not a, tolerate that child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she does a really good job in a room with a view too. <laughs> that part at the end when she, you know, gets yelled at by the master and she's like, "I'll resign" and stuff like that. I was like, "No, come on, lady, you're having a tantrum yourself. Who's the baby now?" Seriously. I think that Mrs. Medlock had been given strict orders to run the house a certain way by Lord Craven. Lord Craven. And I think that she was doing what she was told, but I think that she also got a little bit carried away. I think her um, character naturally would be hard on kids and stuff, too. Right. But it's like... There was this Victorian thing of, I mean, it was kind of a a gothic type time where people were in mourning. Like, all of Mary's dresses are in black. And it's like everything, pretty much the whole house was still in mourning from the wife's death, which you don't even really know about until later. That's like 10 years ago. Ten, yeah. 10 years 10 years in mourning. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was not probably that unusual. No. Yeah. I, I think that his heart was so broken that he was just, he was unwilling to like lift himself back up again. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking that, that uh, after this time period, people started to loosen up a little bit. And before that, kids were told, you know, you need to sit in a room and read and embroider a cushion or whatever. Like, Children should be seen and not heard. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Spare the rod, spoil the child. I'm sure that still existed in this time frame. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's my opinion. <laughs> Only look at children. Don't hear them. See, you guys have any notes? Um, yeah, he did those cool drawings. I did some drawings. Aaron did some awesome he drawings. Did. Like he knocked it out of the park. I drew the I drew the hat that I really liked. I added a moose head because I thought it was a moose head on there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I guess I drew uh, um, our ranger fellow in this movie. Yeah, uh, Dickon. 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 I just called him peasant boy. Peasant boy. <laughs> Drew, Get over here, peasant boy. I drew Mary with the key. Yes, that picture of Mary is amazing. And then the the, the Robin, which I thought was yeah. pretty. I love her relationship with the Robin. Me too. Because initially she's like, this bird, is it really being friendly? Like, mm-hmm. And she starts following it and being curious about it. 
And then, like, as the story goes on, like, you can just see her, like, heart warm every time she sees the Robin. And that's really it's cool. good acting on the part of the girl, too. But it's a cool relationship that she builds, even with, like, animals in this movie. I mean, she finds a natural connection with these things that aren't going to... Well, I don't even know. This yeah. is like a nature love fest movie. I think they really take pleasure in filming the growth of the plants and the lushness of the garden and the animals and the it looks like a little paradise or something. They do an excellent job of making the secret garden like a desirable place that like of course this is an amazing place. Even when it was in disarray, like when uh, when Mary first experiences the, the secret garden, it is just a thing of beauty. Like yeah. even even with all the plants overgrown and everything, you could just tell that this was this was once a place that was just like sought after. Like you know that obviously they'd spent a lot of time in it. Yeah. Yep, hunting, hunting, looking in wintertime. You know that gardener guy, the the guy with the hat you like so much, was it was always peeking over the wall during the springtime because it's like no one else can see this beauty. It's all locked off. But I've got a secret. <laughs> well, yeah, he cared for their roses. <laughs> yes, that's true. She, he, when she was alive, right? That and the killer swing. He maintained or he yeah performed maintenance on that killer swing. I wasn't so sure that he was a. Uh, a good, good guy. guy no. In the beginning. Well, he was going to straight up like, I'm going to tell everyone what you're doing. <laughs> and then, then Colin's like, do you know who I am? Oh, crap. <laughs> that was pretty funny scene. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, of, Robin of Loxley. <laughs> that scene is just... And then, like, like the gall, the, the guy to just be like, you're crooked. And then it's just like... <laughs> Who calls Jeez. me that? You're the cripple boy with the, the crooked legs. You got crooked legs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> what did you picture me to be? <laughs> I mean, I know they don't have much going on, but like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I came making those jokes. And later, that, that child grew up to be Billy Elliot. Oh, that was. <laughs> Varishnikov. That was <laughs> That child grew up to be Usain Bolt, the fastest man alive. <laughs> Isn't he from Africa? Shut up. It was pretty good. Yeah. He said Fred Astaire. Yes, well, oh, that's right. he definitely became Fred Astaire. That goes without saying. I didn't, I didn't know I had to say that on the podcast. Spoiler alert, the kid grows up to be Fred Astaire. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if the kid had been born in the real time period of the story, mm -hmm. he could have grown up to be Fred Astaire. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I assume it was written in like the time period that the author lived, so it would have been pre nineteen hundreds, you know, eighteen eighteen seventies or whatever. It was, uh, I think I was reading it was released in like the 1860s or something like that. Wow, that's earlier than I thought. Yeah. The costuming in the movie is about 19, early 1900s. Well, that was... Okay, just to say a word about costuming. Uh... These are real costumes that are period specific. They did a good job costuming this movie. But it's the wrong period. No. <sighs> yeah. 
It was the House of Dior. That's see, they were ahead of the time. Nobody knew that at the time. And that child grew up to be uh, Dan Marino. I don't know what's a good football guy. <laughs> Somebody who uses their legs. <laughs> I grew up to be a person who used their <laughs> legs. He grew up to be the Spider-Man villain, Stilt Man. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite villain. <laughs> of course. The Punisher kills him in that one. Uh, did, was it during bazooka, Civil War? He bazookas his legs. Yeah, that's messed up. He also kills uh, Jack-O-Lantern. Let's talk about the Civil War comics. Um, Civil no. War 1 or 2? No, let's talk Part about one. Edwardian day dresses. Oh, please. Okay, there's a beautiful Edwardian day dress that's worn in this movie, which is period of the 1900s. This is kind of the era that you would see in Downton Abbey. In it, It's a Beatrix Potter time period type thing. Hmm. Mr. Selfridge, if you watch that. Anyway, was that the this scene? is oh, not... Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Was the scene the Edwardian dress uh, when, when it was uh, being worn by Mary, right? Was Mary the one who was wearing Mary is wearing a really gorgeous dress at the end of the movie. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was during like the second or third outing yeah. when you see them going out and about? Yeah. She's wearing a really cool lace one at the end. This is kind of... I would say that the style of the dresses that her mom and the twin sister were wearing in the pictures was Edwardian as well. I mean, that looks just like the picture you're showing us here. Yeah. And that's like 1900 to 1909 style. Yeah. So they definitely set the time period of the movie to be... This is more like the one Mary's wearing at the end, but it's more fitted to her size. A little bit farther in the the future. Not that much farther, though. That's okay, because, I mean, everything is pretty is, is so well done. It doesn't really matter. I yeah. mean, as long as it's not a modern retelling, because I don't know if I, I'm not, I'm not really into that. A modern retelling of this, this would not Secret be considered Garden. a modern retelling. Oh, no, of course not. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's obviously a period Like if piece, someone tried I'm, to make it now? Yeah. Like if Hillary Duff was, no, wait, Hillary Duff is way old now. Uh, <laughs> if uh, some other child actor... <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who are kids watching on the Disney channels now? Uh, I'm hip. I don't know any Disney channel kids nowadays, Joe. Yeah, me neither. I feel Darn. like in the 90s, they were like, are kids really going to think a secret garden is that great? And they made it like over the top great because they knew that kids would be like, would a garden really be that cool? <laughs> Just think of how they don't do this anymore. How in the ninety early nineties when this thing this was coming out and other movies like it, these were movies marketed towards young girls, and now they don't. You know, when you market something towards a young girl nowadays, it doesn't have a historical context. It's an animated movie, something based on a Disney property, or or like. Something, something way more modern, where they, you know, they're still using cell phones or stuff like that. Like, I don't. It's like a piece of classic literature. Like you, you grew up reading the book, and so, like, of course, you'd want to see a movie. Like, they don't. I can't think of a movie aimed towards a young person that was based on something as yeah, like classic literature, like this, in a long time. 
maybe something like on a TV movie, you know, BBC. Uh, certainly nothing in the theater. This was in the theater. I mean, it was produced by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. So, and I, I, as far as I know, it did pretty well because, I mean, like I said, I saw it in the theater and I we must have had it like on VHS or something. I imagine my little sister watching it. We definitely had it on VHS. I don't think we saw it in the theater. Maybe we did. I could be wrong. Mm. We definitely watched Little Women a lot. I read all the Little House on the Prairie series, too, and the Sarah Plain and Tall, and the, you know, all all those ones I read. Um, and I really am grateful to my grandmother for that, because she introduced me to so many cool things when I was little. And I really, I was telling Joel, like, when I was six, I couldn't even read this whole book, and I would have other people read it to me. Until I was old enough to read the words myself, because I really think it it stretches your vocabulary when you're a kid to be able to read something that's like an older story and has words you don't understand, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's important. I mean, I'm not going to get all preachy, but I think it's important <laughs> to expose children to things that are, you know, have some culture to them or have some meaning and maybe history, you know, something that m would be interesting to know about and would expand their mind and their imagination like that. I'm not going to put down any form of reading unless it has a, a political agenda. Then then you can just stuff it. But, you know, any any children's book that, that people read to their kids or their kids are reading, I, I'm in favor of reading in general. You know, I don't even care if it's like magazines, you know, if they're reading whatever the mm -hmm. teen equivalent of teen bop is now. Uh, because I think that it's important, like you said, in language development and vocabulary development and stuff like that. It, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, part of a Harry Potter ripoff series or if you are reading The Secret Garden or Laura Inga, In Ingalls books or anything like that. Or, uh, what, what did you used to read as a kid, Aaron? Uh, Digimon? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. No, I... <laughs> I read a lot of stuff, Joel. I read a lot. Of stuff. I probably just read stuff that what that that I shouldn't. Maybe I don't know. I mean, your parents, parents always had those sci-fi books. Yeah, yeah. They had a couple bookshelves just full of sci-fi and fantasy books. I was just I was reading a bunch of random stuff. Xanth. I read a lot of Piers Anthony. Um, <laughs> Seriously, uh, you're in adventure books. If you walk into Aaron's parents' house, you just like walk through the front door and, and just a little bit ahead and, and slightly to the left, they've just got bookshelves full of there's just like mostly science fiction oh, yeah. novels they're, right they're almost pulp level on, yeah on some yeah. you know just hardcore sci-fi and a lot of fantasy stuff too, it's pretty so. spectacular it's fun yeah i definitely i love libraries i love books and i really i don't know if this is the place to talk about it but recently i was talking it is not no <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my grandmother. I've been helping her recently since she hasn't been driving. And I was over by where the first Barnes & Noble opened around here. And I was like, remember when this was a Barnes & Noble? And she said, oh, I must not have really remembered. I must not have come out here that much. And I started talking to her about how much I loved it. And I was like, why did I love that store so much? And I realized that it was because we never really had a big bookstore around us when we were growing up. And I honestly felt detoured from reading 
certain books in the libraries that we had around us. Yeah. Because, I mean, I would, I would seriously get curious about something in the library and I'd ask the librarian or I'd try to look it up for myself and they would be like, why do you want that? Yeah, you're a little kid. You should. Why, be why are you? That. Why do you want a book on cars? You're not doing a book report on cars. Yeah, so. this this is the grown up section. Yeah, yeah. Like. We definitely got told that we shouldn't be troubling them to reshelve books that we were just curious about, and that is such a bad move. Yeah, when I look lame. back on it, I'm like. We deserved wow. the freedom to explore those books as kids. Imagine mm-hmm. we could have learned different things or been interested in new things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, I, that's just my opinion, not to get all. Uh, well, let me just say, <laughs> I read those books later as an adult and there's just no sex in them. It's, it's you know, what were they hiding from me? <laughs> You're like, why didn't you just let me see that book? It was for a grown-up, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't have, you know, read it or whatever. There wasn't anything inappropriate for me in it. I just, I definitely, (laughs) I definitely got that vibe from the librarians a lot. And... They're looking out for us, okay? They're they're trying to save us from those spores and that sunshine. <laughs> so when we were teenagers, there was a bookstore built in a town close by, and you could look at any book you wanted to. They would help you find it because you might even buy the book. Mm. And it was like freedom of information. This was pre-internet, guys. We're old. <laughs> this was like... Anything you wanted to look up, you could go find it in a book now. Yeah, I never had any problem with that in the the Fillmore Library, like the the I small did. one by the high school. But the the Pirate Library, I did always feel yeah. like, oh, you're not allowed to go into like it was like it's cordoned off, like the or the kids section and the the grown up section is where most of the books are. Like, no, you can't go in there. Wow, that's horrible. But yeah, I, I mean, once you cross the threshold yeah. between. The, the demilitarized zone. I mean, when I was in the sixth grade, I broke that rule because I went back there and I got this. They had like this encyclopedia, like uh-huh. a gigant, one of those gigantic books yeah. of monsters. Nice. And so, like, I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies, so I'd be flipping through, finding out about Dracula and all cool. these other cool. things. Like, it was cool. like every day I'd be in the library looking at this, like, oh my gosh, all the secrets have been unfoiled before me. That's cool. I remember, and I not to, I don't hold any ill will against these people, but there was a librarian in the Piru Library. Mm. There was a librarian in the high school library. There was a librarian in the Fillmore Library who detoured me from finding books that I was interested in. In The high school library. Yes. I mean, you're talking about what's her name? What's her name? Don't name people, Joel. She was a bad person. What's her name? Uh. I'm just saying that she had, she had a list, but I can't remember. You should Anyways. encourage people to read if they want to read. By all <laughs> by all means, show kids books. I th- maybe they did that because you were a girl, honestly, because they let me check whatever the hell Sexist I wanted thing. out of the the high school library. Like I got That's I got lame. things that were you know whatever. Uh, <laughs> so that's weird. I read a lot of Stephen King in high school that I checked out from the high school library. Yeah, I got those uh, are pretty grody books. The Exorcist, books I remember grody. specifically uh, some <laughs> other things. Yeah, or maybe they were just like, oh, Joel, we know who Joel's dad is. Never mind. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Smoking that J back there? No, I do. 
Smoking in the library. I'm a cool dude. Joel knew which books to check out because they had the marijuana leaves yeah, pressed yeah. into them. Oh, it's a big, thick book. That's where you cut out those pages, dude. We're living in a world where you can look up any music you want to. You can look up any information you want to. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. And you know if what? We put, if we put our minds to it, right. imagine what we could find. You know what I do? I spend hours... Go on Wikipedia, looking up monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have that Mothman figured out yet, Joel? No, you no. All the, all the listen, animals. that's going to take years of research, okay? okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been Sorry, distracted by Amelia Earhart. A so. big tangent there. Listeners, listeners no, please fine. drop some money into our Patreon so that we can fund Joel's Mothman expedition. <sighs> I'm going to Point Pleasant to look for Mothman. Just drop some money, patreon.com slash trumpet. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Also, I can buy another copy of the Mothman Prophecies because Aaron took mine. <laughs> what? And he's watching it probably at home being like. <laughs> I didn't watch that, Joel. It doesn't have a Mothman like, in it. Robert, Re- Robert Redford is pretty cool. Robert Redford's not in that movie. Whatever. <laughs> Spoilers, there's no Mothman in it. No. Spoilers. But Ingrid Cole calls him on the phone and he says, Shaftstick. <laughs> We're not talking about that movie. Oh, sorry. Did you watch it already? No, I haven't watched it in years. I just remember the trailer. <laughs> Richard Gere, not Robert Redford. Man, I'm losing my mind. Y- you, yeah. Let's see. I don't have any other notes except uh, Superman seems indifferent. Oh, wait. This is for Batman versus Superman. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I th- okay. So there's a part where the kids are after Colin, you know, figures out he can walk and he's he's hanging out like that. And the kids like escape from the house after Miss What's Her Name goes crazy and tries to lock them all in their rooms. And they're like out at this campfire that they've made. And one of the kids starts chanting like he's he's casting a spell. And all three of them start chanting the same thing, like trying to summon his dad from oh, wherever yeah. his way. And I really like that part because, I mean, it is a really cool part. It's like shot really cool. And it's cool to see the kids doing that. But my favorite thing about it was the old man, <laughs> the old gardener with the hat that Aaron likes was he kind of like was trying to maybe clap along, but he was also like really freaked out. So I, so I just wrote down an old man shuffle. <laughs> It's like this kind of like he wants to be happy or excited that the kids are. Like, are these kids summoning Satan out of the <laughs> He wasn't so sure. Yeah. The look in his eye was like something that some old bar maiden must have told him about the, the, the upper class having weird ways or something, and it's like finally confirmed to him or something. <laughs> They're the keepers of the ancient incantations. One more thing I want to say about this. That, okay, it starts off in India, where she was born, and you hear about these exotic places and these exotic people, and this was not the main part of the story, but you hear things from her character, because she was born in India, and I have to say that it inspired me to want to travel as well, to places that I hadn't seen, and to see different cultures, and... I've never been to India, always wanted to go, but I definitely think that hearing about having an experience like that made me want to have an experience like that, too. Yeah, and basically that charges Colin's dreams, too. You know, that gives him, inspires him to, to 
wants something more th- from his life than just the death that he's been told he's going to have. Yeah, the whole time. yeah. Such such casual Doom talk gloom. of uh, you know, hey Colin, how you doing? I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, he's so blasé about it. <laughs> like, eventually, he's not scared. Like this is just the facts. People have been telling him is. since he was born. You know? Maid's going to come in and electrocute my legs pretty mm-hmm. soon. You know, eh, it's life. Uh, he's going to die. Yep. I will, I'm going to die. Yep. They were totally wrong, though, because that kid grew up to be Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Longest legs in the business, Larry Bird. <laughs> I, I, I feel that my favorite line in this movie, though, is when uh, Mary is finally uh, asked to come before uh, the Lord of the House. And uh, and and she, she he's like... She's you know, pleading with him not to send her to school. And she's like, well, what do you want? And he's like, I just want a bit of earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the A cool. bit of earth. A bit of earth. I just remember that line <laughs> so vividly from this movie. <laughs> so cool. Oh, that guy was so emo. <laughs> Take your bit of earth. Now get out of it. He had to get back to his snuff box. Get me my three dogs. Yeah. No. This was not the type of person that I was thinking was cute as a 12-year-old. <laughs> what? He had that flowing locks. I was more into, like, Macaulay Culkin at the time. Oh. <laughs> you were a big Colin head. My girl, dude. My, My girl. girl. I mean, he got stung by bees. Spoiler. He got the real spores. Yeah. You, you get... You get, uh... You get caught up in the... My girl. Honey bee magic. No! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, I'm going to read the outro stuff. Next week is our last summertime beach party summer of love party podcast. We're going to have Spencer on as a special guest, and he's he already Woo-hoo! picked his title, but I'm not going to mention it on this oh, because because this might be the perfect episode to play for children talking about a children's property and the movie that he picked is not a children's property what so i'll i'll tell these guys afterwards okay. this is a good movie for kids Don't this, you think this so? story is yeah secret garden yeah i think that this one's okay if you edit maybe what i said about um, oh don't what a certain book <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean do you want me to tell you right now? Yes. On the recording? Yes. I compared it to Lady Chatterley's Lover. Oh, the children aren't going to run out and grab Lady Chatterley's Lover. Are they? <laughs> or maybe they should. They'll learn to read. <laughs> I think The Secret Garden is a very kid-appropriate movie, and it kind of shows really important things and lessons that I'll probably say, you know, yeah. at the end of this episode. Yeah. I mean, how does it compare to Three Ninjas, though, in your opinion? Uh, you know, I probably saw them both in the same summer, so I have to say that the, these are foundation foundations to my life. I mean, they're basically the same story. I mean, my grandpa is obviously <laughs> Lord Craven. Uh, He's going there. Tom Tom is Colin. Uh, <laughs> what? Yep. Uh, Colt is Mary, and uh, yeah, Rocky is uh, what's his name? Dorcas Dickon. Sorry, <laughs> Dickon. Old Joel, you get the gold star. I never thought I'd ever hear the, the combination of secret, secret uh, garden, well, the, ninja. There's even that part where where Maggie Smith goes, "Get him out of my life!" You know, it's, it happens right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
You've made a super movie in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I love being a bad guy. All those, all three. Oh man, I forgot he said that in the movie. Ooh, that was a bit. Marin. <laughs> I told my sister that we watched that we watched Three Ninjas last week, and she was like, "Rocky is bomb." <laughs> Oh, sorry, move over, Emily. <laughs> so her sister's coming to get her man back. All right, here's the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson that you learned from El Secreto de... Actually, I don't know what the... Garden, garden. I say garden in Spanish. Never mind. If you guys suggest a comment, write into please don't podcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. And, uh, or you can send us a message on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you subscribe to us, please leave us a written or rated, or uh, a star rating on the podcatcher that you use. We have switched our host from SoundCloud to a site called Podient, P O D I A N T. And the website is pdsmios.podient.co, and that has all of our episodes available, including links at the top of the page for subscribing with uh, whichever platform you want. So, pretty convenient now. Very convenient. And I'm updating the pages so that they have uh, some more notes and stuff like that, too. So, you'll see a little bit of changes around here. It'll be nice. Check out our podcast network. We are part of the Ear Trumpet Audio Network at eartrumpetaudio.com, along with great shows like We Love Ya, a.k.a. We Love YA, which is a podcast all about young adult fiction. Ooh, the good, juicy stuff. Oh, dang. And they just released a special episode on the TV series Riverdale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, a preview episode of something that is going to be available only for subscribers on Patreon at patreon.com slash ear trumpet. And uh, we are also going to be trying to cook up something on that, too, so that, you know, you can hear more of our annoying voices. We'll figure something out eventually. In fact, if you have an idea of something you'd like to hear from us, send it in. Email. You know, Facebook. Either way. Twitter. At Outer Space Pod. We appreciate your feedback. Of course, absolutely. Any feedback is good feedback, unless it's from Mike. Um, so, yeah, lessons. You guys have any lessons about this movie, The Secret Garden, a.k.a. Animals Are Our Best Friends, a.k.a. Martha, the superhero, a.k.a. The Legend of Dickon? I'm going to say, um, when, uh, when things start going down in The Secret Garden... Things start going down in the secret garden, and like, like aristocrat people are feeling all emotional. It's always important to have your getaway horse behind a secret garden, ready to go. If your if your name is Dickon, anyways, so you can escape in the nick of time. Oh yeah, jump on the horse and ride. <laughs> that's what i was saying Ooh, yeah i felt like that was one of my favorite scenes though when you see like the complexity of the garden and then it kind of leads yeah. to this like open plane where there's just a white horse <laughs> All right. it's really beautiful though it really yeah, is it is very <laughs> picturesque yes. landscape you know no one else touched that horse so, so. No, it was totally Dickens, you know. He owns every animal you see in this oh, movie, I assume. We didn't even talk about, like, there's a fox. Uh, I, we didn't. Maybe we didn't. We talked a little bit about the fox. But that fox is real cute. 
It was. It really surprised me. The fox. And then the goose was just falling right behind. Oh, yeah. Just like. It's a shell goose. Just waddling. Also, exquisite. <laughs> there were bunnies. Bunny bunnies. There were baby birds. There was uh, Dickens' bird friend. The black magpie or whatever he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That giant, like, crow thing. Or yeah. Whatever it was magpie, yeah. There's a part where they uh, introduce a brand new baby lamb, but they quickly ignore it because Colin starts walking and everyone's impressed with that. And I was like, wait, where's that baby lamb? The baby lamb is still there. It's a cute. It's like, they even like show it like by itself. <laughs> like, somebody get that baby. I like the goats, too. Yeah, that that goat was jumping off the walls. I actually, <laughs> I saw a goat do that recently. Oh, sweet. Did the wall jump? Yeah, I'll show you guys later. Right. Sick. What else? A lesson. Well, oh, I just had one that was really good, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, have your horse on hand. Also, have your smelling salts. Handy, yeah. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> you never know if something might come up that really surprises you or. You know, that tests your fortitude. You can just take the top off that old jar and smell your smelling salts to keep from fainting or, you know. You never know when it's the middle of the night and some mysterious cousin you've never met is going to show up. You best be having your smelling salts ready to go. He also fixes his eyebrows in the mirror. He's like, ooh, there's a lady coming up here. Yeah, also, you know, your own your cousin may try to say that you have to marry him and Ooh. and you don't you don't have to do that. No. That was another no. thing that was like, you're great. You're a girl. I'll marry you. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can ask permission. You can, you know, figure somebody else out <laughs> in the world. Is there a romantic side between Mary and Dickon in the book? Or is it just I honestly don't remember that. Okay. But I would not be surprised if there was. Yeah. Mm. My lesson is that if you have a cool hat with three figures on it, you need to mass produce that because everybody's going to want one of them sweet hats. I want one. Yeah. I have never seen a hat like that, but I'm going to look on the internet and see if I can find one now, just because I'm curious about it. Maybe it was an antique, maybe it's a piece of folk art, I don't know, but uh, I'm intrigued by it. The next time I take one of those sweet aristocrat aristocratic gardener jobs, I'll be sure to fa fashion myself a hat just like that. <laughs> Mm. Just get one for the shop with a bunch of different, you know, like superhero torsos just sticking out. Yeah, <laughs> superhero torsos. Oh, well, we don't know torsos. I was thinking like, their heads, but uh, okay, <laughs> like arms. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. We could yeah, get a Jerry's got it. Chop some action figures in half and glue them. <laughs> got that figured out. Okay, we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
you say in the intro. Okay. Whenever you're ready. The Secret Garden. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Don't laugh at the Secret Garden. Hello! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. Hehehehe. <laughs>